You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Tim McMaster here along with Jeffrey Flanagan, our MLB.com Royals reporter. Jeffrey, this is the last podcast of the offseason, opening day. As we record this, just eight days away, all 30 Major League teams kicking things off on March 29th. It's the first time in many, many years that all the teams have started on the same opening day. So we're going to talk about some big picture topics looking ahead to 2018 and back at this spring training, but also the usual news and notes from the week. I'll start there um, as the Royals have brought in some new pitching help here late in spring training. First of all, Justin Grimm signed on Sunday, and obviously here's a valuable bullpen-type piece, uh, 29 years old now. He spent the last four years with the Cubs. He was on the World Series team for the Cubs. How does he fit into this Royals bullpen? Well, it was a little bit of a surprise on our end. Uh, I, I, I could have swore they said they were in rebuilding mode, but they're, uh, <laughs> they're, going, they're getting busy uh, uh, just being more competitive, and, and he certainly uh, – will bring that to the end of their bullpen. I think maybe the, uh, they felt, and it's been obvious kind of too, that the, the bullpen might be a weak link this year, just so many new faces. And uh, another one with Justin Grimm, who, who I think will be penciled in. Ned was still kind of unsure of everyone's role yet, and I think that's what the last week of spring training in April will be too, is just defining those roles. But I would envision him you know, being a seventh or eighth inning guy. Um, right now there's set up guys, if, you know, Brandon Bauer is probably one. Maybe uh, Willie Peralta, although he hasn't looked very good this spring. But uh, I would expect uh, Justin Grimm just to, to move right into that seventh or eighth inning role and, and set up uh, closer Kelvin Herrera. All right, so that's one good addition. to The other one is kind of a flyer, I think. You talk yep. about Clay Buckholes, 33 years old. Man, when he was with the Red Sox, there was times when he looked like one of the best pitchers in the American League, and then there was times when he just couldn't figure things out. He's been incredibly inconsistent. The Royals have had some good luck with guys and helping them figure things out. So, I mean, he's obviously not going to start the year with the team, right? He's going to end up in, in the minors to start. There's only a week to go here. Yeah, he's on a minor league deal, yeah. and uh, he needs to get his arm strength built up. He hasn't faced live hitters uh, all off season, so there's going to be some work to do. He'll, he'll probably, I'm guessing he'll probably start an extended spring training here and then go to Omaha uh, when they start their season the second week of April. And, yeah, it's just one of those things, that, another reclamation project that uh, they're pretty good at finding these guys, and, and sometimes they hit. You know, they hit in the past with Brian Madsen and Joe Blanton. Uh, you could might even consider Chris Young in that category. Uh, maybe even a Candice Morales, who uh, uh, teams had kind of given up on in, uh, before the 2015 season, and, and they signed him. So, hey, it, it's uh, no harm, no foul. It, it didn't cost them a lot of money to to this point. So if, uh, if Clay, who had that uh, surgery, uh, I think it was last April, and the recovery time for that was four to six months. So uh, he he's told me yesterday he's fine, he's healthy, uh, his velo is getting back up there. So you never know what you might find there. It's a one-year deal doesn't hurt, uh, doesn't block uh, any of the kids. And uh, uh, like I mentioned, uh, they're really good at finding these reclamation projects. Yeah, it'll certainly be interesting to keep an eye on Clay and what he can do. 33 years old, you think there's still something there in the tank. All right, we haven't spoken much about Jorge Soler this spring, Jeffrey, and he hit his sixth homer on Sunday. That's tied for the league lead this spring. Obviously, it's a guy that's had big power um, since he was a big-time prospect in the Cubs organization. Um, he's kind of, I think, been sneaky this spring with the six homers. Um, but how do the Royals feel about him right now heading into 2018? 
Well, I, you know, I think they're being cautiously optimistic. They certainly want to give him five to six hundred at bats this season. They got to find out what they have. He's out of options anyway, so he's going to spend the year on the big league club. And uh, obviously, he was part of the big Wade Davis trade, and um, and the Royals have taken some heat for that. But uh, they think, uh, you know, he was he was scouted as a five-tool player, and we're seeing some of that this spring. Actually, uh, he lost twenty pounds uh, during the off season. Looks really fit. And I just commented the other day in the press box. Uh, he went first to third on a ball. Uh, on a single to, to center, and he just flew around second base. So we're seeing some of that that other skill set that he can run a little bit. Um, and he's he's looked pretty good in the outfield, and uh, they're just crossing their fingers that this will somehow translate uh, into the regular season uh, next week. All right, moving on to some uh, bigger picture items. We're going to look back and ahead at the same time here. First question for you in this group here, Jeffrey, is what turned out to be the biggest storyline this spring for this Royals team? I, I think. Uh, a couple things. Uh, just the uh, not getting Eric Hosmer obviously was one, but getting Mike Musakis back, which you know really surprised everybody. Uh, coming back at a one-year deal, it's very affordable for the Royals, like 5.5 million this year, and uh, it kind of just changed the dynamic in the clubhouse again. Um, you have, there was a lot of maybe uncertainty this this camp uh, until Moose got here, and it just felt like, well, okay, they're getting the band back together a little bit. They got you know Alcides Escobar back. The left side of the infield is going to be the same as been for the last five years. So uh, I think that uh, getting Moose back, losing Hosmer hurt, but getting Moose back, that was really uh, probably the biggest story. How much did that, you mentioned, you know, the signing of Justin Grimm and suddenly, you know, these team, this team looks like they're going for it. How much of the Grimm signing do you think is the fact that, hey, they did bring back some of these other pieces and, and the rebuild doesn't look like it did maybe three months ago? Yeah, I mean, you look back and even the signing of John Jay and, and Lucas Duda, you know, uh, I think in the offseason they were kind of resigned to the fact that they were, um, you know, a team that was going to lose 90-plus games. Now you look at them and go, well, I think they believe at least that they can be competitive. Um, the rotation is going to be back. It's going to be the same rotation basically was last year. If they're healthy, it's not a bad rotation. It's, it's not the best in the division, but it's right up there. Uh, you know, the bullpen's obviously a concern, but the lineup itself, we'll, we'll see how this, like I said, but we'll see how this translates into April, but the lineup itself is, is not that bad. Whit Merrifield's having a great spring. Uh, Solaire's having a great spring. You know, there, there's, there's some talent here still. All right, the next question is obviously it's also about the next generation and, and young players. What prospects stood out the most to you this spring? Well, I, I, I thought early on Raul Monesi did, but he's, he's been battling um, a shoulder impingement the last couple of weeks. And uh, like he did last spring when he just kind of wowed everybody, he started out and you see that raw ability in him. Um, and uh, unfortunately for him, he's just not been able to stay healthy. That's the, that's the storyline again this spring. But uh, early on, he definitely was the story. Uh, you know, two first baseman kids, Ryan O'Hearn and Frank Schwindel, just in the last week or two, I think Schwindel was like 0 for 21 or something like that. And he has five or six homers in the last week. Uh, we just seen the, the raw power those kids have. Um, and they're, neither one are on the 40-man roster, but – uh, they're still part of the future here, and, and we saw that we saw them in the last ten days just really take it up a level. Um, now Ryan O'Hearn did get option back to the minor league camp today, which was expected, but uh, there's a future with those two kids. What turned out to be the biggest position battle this spring, Jeffrey, and who's going to win it? <laughs> well, I think, uh, believe it or not, I mean most of the positions were actually filled, at least starting wise. The the ones that we were keeping an eye on, the ones we were still keeping an eye on, uh, utility infielder. Uh, Ryan Goins was signed to a minor league deal in the offseason, uh, the former Blue Jay. 
and he beat out Ramon Torres, who was optioned out last week. So in all likelihood, he's going to be the utility infielder. And then the bullpen spots, uh, you know, they've got two Rule 5 guys. I would say Brad Keller is probably close to a lock at this point. And Bert Smith is the other Rule 5 guy who's probably got the higher ceiling. He could hit 100 miles an hour, but he's not had a terrific spring. And we're still waiting to see whether he's going to beat out Kevin McCarthy, who was a pretty big factor on last year's team down the stretch. And well, we still don't know how that one's going to turn out uh, because they're probably going to carry eight guys in the bullpen. But uh, I would say it's one or the other with Smith and McCarthy. All right, now looking ahead to 2018, Jeffrey, what's the biggest question mark now for this team as they enter the season? I think bullpen. I mean, look, they're going to go back to Calvin Herrera as the closer. Uh, he lost that job last September. Uh, he was very ineffective in the second half of the season, really when they needed him most. Uh, he moved back into a setup role in late September after Mike Miner took over as a closer, and it was like a switch went off in his head. He looked like the old Calvin Herrera. Uh, he threw five straight scoreless uh, innings and five appearances, and um, that's the role he was very comfortable in when Wade Davis and Greg Holland were here. Um, so can he go back and be you know, a dominant closer like he is a dominant setup guy? That's a big question mark. I don't know. Um, and then the rest of the bullpen, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of new faces. How's that all going to mix together? How will that all blend together with, you know, the Justin Grimm's and the Kellers and Burt Smith and Willie Peralta? Uh, just a lot of new faces. I think if there is one big question mark, it's definitely the bullpen, mainly because the Royals for years, as you know, have had shut down bullpens. And it's, it's going to be a big question mark whether they do this year. If everything goes right for this team, is what's the <laughs> – you know, and I mean, everything goes right. Like, best-case scenario, when you look at this roster, um, with the additions they've made here and the surprising guys that have come back, um, if everything was to go right, what's the best-case scenario that can happen for this team in 2018, in your mind? Well, if they if they got unbelievable bounce-back years um, from, and I'm not sure Lucas Duda fills in it, uh, figures that as a bounce-back candidate, but say he hits 260 or 270 and hits 25 dingers and, and John Jay uh, becomes, you know, he's a 300 hitter. And, you know, Alex Gordon, you know, finds his stroke again. Uh, and, the, and the bullpen somehow holds together. The rotation, like I mentioned, is not bad. Who knows? I mean, they could be, you know, competing with the Twins or something for a wild card spot in, in September. I think that's what they privately hope. They don't want to say that too loud, but I think that's what they privately hope. And, I've seen crazier things. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I've seen crazier things happen. Yeah, that would certainly be something if they could stay in contention when everybody thought this was the year that they would blow it up yeah. and kind of start from scratch again. All right, well, it's been a fun off season, Jeffrey, and I'm doing this about the last month with you. Uh, thanks for taking some time each week to fill us in on what's going on with the Royals. Thanks, Tim. And thanks to everybody out there for listening in to MLB.com Extras, our Royals edition. <laughs> 